Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X-Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac, one, two, sixty. One, two, sixty. <laughs> keep it, keep what it in. Fuck? We're doing it live. Welcome to X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty. Everyone. Good to be here. <laughs> Fucking right, we're keeping that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I do love the, I do love the tone of a room when you're unsure if you're going to keep the intro or not. You're just like, what? Mm. I, oh, I don't yeah. know. No, we're keeping this one. Perfect. This Shout fucking... out to Stumptown Coffee. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> Stumptown Nitro. It, that's infu- power. Nitrogen infused cold brew. Dude, that's uh, that's gasoline right there. Yeah. That's power. Yeah. And when I'm out of this, I got a, I got a thing of. Organic instant coffee right there. I just dump in whatever I'm drinking. Okay. That's way to go. Yeah, I use it. I even put it in like my, my protein shakes. I pour instant coffee in there for a little kick. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Yeah. And I'm Who needs always... fiber when you have all that? <laughs> if I good. could carry a toilet with me everywhere I went, <laughs> I would. This is my commode. <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh, um, you know, uh, there's... Um, People die yeah. in life, and uh, and goddamn, it just seems like a lot of the really good ones go right. And uh, Luke Perry was like, I don't know anybody. Like, um, I didn't even know he was a huge wrestling fan until you remember the show uh, where Cody worked with. It was at the Cow Palace. The first time wrestling had been back at the Cow Palace in years. Last July. Yeah, it was. Um, Did you pass? You no, know, no. It was. Um, it was all pro. Okay. It, it was. Eight, was it, what? What they call APW? Um, mm. California. You know the, the the San Francisco guys. Yeah, the Cow Palace. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That. So. Um, yeah, Luke Luke Perry was there, and you know, because his son was wrestling there, and he's doing great, by the yes. way. Um, but. You know, I learned that night what a huge fan uh, Luke Perry was, and um, huge Dusty fan, huge Dusty fan. I I I, I watched him talking to to to, uh, to Cody, mm. and just how like his eyes lit up talking about Dusty, and um, and just I uh, I have a I have a voicemail from him. I was gonna like pull it up and go, hey, listen, you know, this is. Luke and he was leaving me a voicemail, but like, you know, people, I'm sure people take my word for it. Uh, um, Roy Carp, who's uh, become, I consider a good friend, um, when he comes to town, we get, you know, we get together or whatever. And, uh, Rory, for anyone that's not familiar with Rory, he's been a guest on the show and uh, he, he did the Ric Flair 30 for 30. 
duck. Genius. And he's one of the best sport. He, he's one of the best mm-hmm. filmmakers out there when it comes to sports. Maybe whatever. Maybe the best ever. I think. And um, I'll just. I'm gonna. He's the he was he's the one that set that up for for Luke to come on the show, and Luke felt really bad. Like he he was doing that once mm-hmm. upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. You know the the Manson, the 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 Tarantino movie for about Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he was in that, and he was doing all kinds of shit, and he still wanted to come on the show. He's so incredibly. He was in <laughs> Riverdale right now, and and so mm-hmm. supportive of his son Jack. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Jack's a great. Great, not only wrestler, but great kid, and um, really good kid. And Luke was so supportive of it, man. It just my heart goes out to. I, I just hung out with Jack like a week and a half ago, and you, just you know, see, and then and like okay, when you know when David Arquette's getting almost killed in a death match, like that, it was it was Luke Perry that was the one, like hey, come on, dragging him to the hospital, right? You know, I mean, he's anyways. I reached out to Rory because Rory's the one that you know kind of connected us and. Yeah, Rory's such a he's so such a great guy. People and, and like people don't really know that guy. They only know his work. But um he just said uh he just said Luke was a huge wrestling fan. Not many people know he helped produce the Nature Boy thirty for thirty. Wow. More importantly, he was an incredible father. He loved his kids so much. He was just an exceptional human being. That's from Rory Carp. And in the entertainment world today where it seems like everyone is getting found to yeah. be doing something. No, Luke Perry was really one of the good guys. And this is a guy who had a 30-year career. Yeah. And to be only 52 years old, I mean, man, I see stroke patients every day at my hospital. And most of the time you come back from it to be 52 in incredible mm. shape. It's so difficult. I to... know that kind of stroke, though. Yeah. And yeah, because my grandmother had that one. and. And she had a, I don't want to go off into that, but it's my difficult. grandmother, but um, she had a DNR and they didn't honor it. Mm. And when she woke up from it, she was fucking pissed. Wow. Yeah. And she made them let her die. So uh, anyways, that's, I didn't mean yeah, to go but, off on yeah. that, but like that's, so, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't want to even speculate on what happened, you know, with with Luke, but it's, it's, I just, it's just so fucking sad. Hard to believe. God damn. As Johnny mentioned, he was on Riverdale, which as you yeah. guys know, is one of the biggest shows right now on the CW. And, you know, it's funny because I got to know him through Riverdale, not through 90210, but it was so crazy how I remember just seeing his character and I was like, wow, he is so cute. And I remember thinking that seeing him and really loving his character because on the show, like he was just like a, such a down to earth, like really good father to Archie and all of that stuff. That's and him though. Yeah, yeah. And everything that I'm yeah. hearing is exactly what I got to see on the show. And as a fan of Riverdale and I was reading like all the things that, you know, Lily Reinhardt and all the rest of the actors on the show were putting and every one of them said the same thing they were like he was such a great mentor mentor to the young cast and it's it, it's just crazy and Riverdale has paused production for right now until they figure out what they're gonna do with his character and it's just it's just crazy how like one moment someone's there they're doing their work they look perfectly fine and then you know the next it's just like and what? when these people go it's these just this massive hole that can't be filled a lot of people go, and it's just like, yeah, you know, like nothing against them, but they didn't fucking really, 
impact people's lives that much in a positive way. They impacted their own lives. Like they didn't really like, you know, I mean, it's just different when it's somebody like that. And it was so cool to see how supportive he was of Jack and him chasing his dream. Yes. You know, hopefully Jack can take that with him. And obviously he's doing great. Totally. Yes. You never get over this type of thing. And this is going to be like, but like I can see that kid, you know, I mean, wanting to honor you know, his father's memory, even. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get all corny and sappy here. And yeah. Fucking, you know. Well, rest in peace. That's yeah. Um, and uh, and before we talked about, about uh, King Kong Bundy, I don't think we mentioned this. Uh, um, the passing of comedian Brody Stevens. Did we talk about that last week? We did not. Uh, no, I wasn't here, but I listened. I don't think we did. Yeah, and and I think we should like. There's a lot of people that might not even know who I'm talking about. But if you're if you're a comedian, um, and I and um, and re- and a wrestler, mm-hmm. like he was a f- friend to wrestling. Yeah, he was. Yes, <laughs> I'll actually be posting a video later today. He was on a video. Uh, I was on an episode of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood back in 2012, a ringside segment with myself and Colt Cabana because Colt was a huge fan yeah. and I knew Brody, mm-hmm. so we kind of made it happen. To where Brody was sitting ringside, and I did a post-match uh, interview with Colt, and then he called Brody over, and you know Brody literally did everything. That's one mm. thing is yes, he wasn't famous, but in the LA comedy community, there is no there's one, no one more famous yeah. than Brody Steven. No like one. I mean, there, I've never seen, I've never seen a comedian. And, and the last time I saw anything like this was Ralph when Ralphie passed. And before that, it wasn't since Neil Giraldo. Mm-hmm. I think of just how fucking hurt the community is over yeah. over the pat over his passing. And I didn't know him very well, you know. But like I I went back Reese like just actually two nights ago. Um, uh, one of the comedian friends in town, Felonious Monk. I don't know if you ever heard of Felonious, sure. but he used to be on the nightly show yeah. Larry Wilmore. Anyways. Even like he was just devastated by it. Like, and I mean, comedians from all different parts of this, you know, the because like, there's different wings of comedy, right? Like, you know, the like, and they all are just devastated. And and he was fucking brilliant. Like, he could go into the room, the hardest room in the world. He'll fucking crush. I've, I've actually been in one of the hardest rooms in the world he could have worked, which was. In my lesser days, I did audience work here in Los Angeles, which it's a dirty secret that if they want you, if they want an audience to stay in a room, it's usually easier to just pay them 20 bucks. Meaning it's more like 30% tourists, 70% actors who are getting paid 20 bucks to watch a TV show. And he was very famous, very famously a warm up comedian for those things. Oh, yes. And like that was. That was my first introduction to him at all, which is just like, God, this guy. He's done that thousands of times. Yeah, he actually. was Chelsea Handler. He yes. was Chelsea Handler's guy for the entire oh, run. The entire this. run of Chelsea lately. Mm. I mean, and the thing about Brody, the, one of the reasons he was so well-known in L.A. is he he would do any kind of room, and comics loved him, and audiences sometimes didn't get him, and that made comics love him that much more. <laughs> so Brody could be doing, he had a Comedy Central show, and guess what? You'll see him at a random open mic the next night. Yeah. And him, him and Zach Galifianakis were very close, and Zach got him the show called Enjoy. It, which ran for one season on Comedy Central five years ago. But what was brilliant about Brody is he was open about his battle, you know, with being bipolar and depression. And Comedy Central billed his show as Comedy Central's first drama because it really did follow Brody's journey. And I got to believe how open he was helped a lot of people with with depression and yeah. with being bipolar. And it, it's, it really... 
The sad part about this is, and I, I don't know if I'm talking out of school, but, um, you know, I, eh, there was a situation, you know, like, uh, I'm not like, okay, I mean, just speak generally here. Like, if somebody, you shouldn't just be allowed because somebody doesn't make a certain amount of money to that they lose their fucking health care, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. I mean, as I'm, then yeah. you, or you know, and then you're not, then you can't pay for the, your your meds, and and like you know, when you have issues like that. Well, I know he he's open about the fact that he went back on Lexapro, and unfortunately, that's a really really difficult thing to do. And like I said, I'm not going to speculate, but unfortunately, you know, the switch. Yeah, the switch, and we're not here you know. to talk about you know, yeah. Paul, you know. <laughs> policy or but i mean it's just we got to do better we do you know we got to do better we he's sorely yeah. us the Humanity. people yes. yeah he's Fuck. sorely missed i mean there was no one no one like they, people say this all the time there was no one like brody stevens in the la comedy scene there never will be he has catchphrases that we all say all the time there's actually a memorial show for him tonight at the comedy store um that a lot of us are going to be at and uh yeah no one like him did love pro wrestling as well and so uh yeah, so you know, just uh, if if you're if you're indulging us right now, um, indulge us yeah. even further and and uh, look up some Brody Stevens and be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, yeah. Brody. Absolutely. And and King Kong Bundy, might as well while we we're mm-hmm. talking because that that was what I woke up to this morning, mm. and um, and uh, it's weird because. <laughs> Wasn't like a big. We didn't. We weren't like buddies or anything. Like as a matter of fact, anything but. Like I was critical of of Bundy, like in his last run when he came through WWE. But, um, you know, uh, man, what a, like King Kong Bundy when I was a kid? It was just like holy shit. I mean, okay, because my first, my first, uh, um memory of of King Kong Bundy was on you know TBS mm-hmm. and he was a member of Legion of Doom with uh it was you know Paul Ellering obviously and he had the Road Warriors and he had Jake the Snake Roberts and he had King Kong Bundy and uh they might have had one other person but it was mainly that and I remember when Bundy turned Bundy turned babyface it was over like a motherfucker as a babyface hmm. I don't know if you remember any of that but it's, like he turned on on Ellering and he was going mm. like, yeah, man, and and uh, and uh, it was just he was so crazy because he was this big wide dude, but he didn't like like he was w- way wider than he was like like mm-hmm. it wasn't like he had this big huge humongous fucking gut that came out to here. Like it was all just big, just he's just a massive human being, you just know? like a very big gentleman. Yeah. yeah. On his debut, they build him as six foot three, four hundred fifty eight pounds for and WWF. A, yeah. And and you know what? That's probably a, a, accurate. Mm-hmm. That's probably not any kind of. Uh, yeah, it was about right. That's about how tall he was. Yeah. And on his debut, I, I went back and watched it. He uh, destroyed Mario Mancini, but he he splashed him in the corner, then got the pin. Then after that, he 
uh, landed an elbow drop, then made the ref count to five. Yes. I mean, obviously, he was doing that before WWF, but that became something he was known for. Well, for the, the story is that that was, that was uh, well, Bill Watts claims it was his idea. Jim Ross claims it was his idea. They were both in the, in the room when the idea was It's one given of their ideas, if yeah. not both. Yeah. Sure. So, um, in that funny story. So Bundy comes back to, uh, you know, in the mid in the mid nineties mm-hmm. when I'm there, I'm, I'm one two three kid and mm-hmm. Brett's champ and they're bringing him in and, and they're pushing him as as a heel and trying to get him over and you know the, what was the first thing that you guys thought of when you th- think of King Kong Bundy? To be honest, to me, yeah, I watched him a lot as a wrestler and I had his LJN action figure for yeah. sure. But I think of how you could great... knock somebody out cold with with that. Too. <laughs> yeah, they were they were really... ten pounds each of hard rubber. But anyways, my first thought is is everything he did in pop culture. He was always so good. I mean, Married with Children, the Bundys were named after yeah. him, and everything he did, the Sports Center commercials, he delivered because he was what you thought a pro wrestler would. But look as like. far as like when I think of him in a match, like the first thing that that comes to my mind is five, mm-hmm. five count. Yeah, so. You know Scott and I. You know Scott Hall and I were we were like, oh, you know, because you know we remember Bundy. Like Bundy was, you know, that's King Kong Bundy. Shit, yeah. you know. Um, so we were like, hey man, how come you're not doing the five thing? Like, come <laughs> on. And so I remember it being Lowell. I think it was Lowell, Mass. And uh, I think I might even been, been involved in the segment with him. It didn't get didn't go over too well either but so he goes out there and he doesn't tell the ref right like oh by the way f- like count to five <laughs> like he doesn't smarten the ref up he just goes out there and does it and the <laughs> fucking and he's counts to three and then bundy looks at him and goes five and the ref just looks at him like fuck off <laughs> 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 but like it would have helped if you would have smartened the ref up because like you know I liked that. I thought that five count thing was great. So. And like coming from and a five count coming from someone King yeah. Kong Bundy's size doesn't bury anyone. No, like he's and, that big. He's that bad. And so there was always this like, what the fuck's so crazy looking about King Kong Bundy? And when he he shaved his eyebrows, mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody knew knew that, but like that was like the thing that really, I don't know. It gave him that like, um, what was the one from the month from the Adams family? Oh, uh, the one Fester. with the, Fester, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My thing was when I first saw, you know, in tapes, when I first saw King Kong Bundy, I remember, and I was obviously young when I saw them for the first time in tapes, I thought to myself, man, is that an overgrown kid? Because I used to think that, because he had like a baby face, but he yeah. was so big, and I thought, I just thought that he was like a really big overgrown kid at the time, and I just yeah. remember thinking that, and I always just, he's that person that you just always... There's certain guys in the industry that you just automatically know them and recognize them specifically based on their look or their character, mm-hmm. you know. But this one for me was definitely the look. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm. Him and Bam Bam, both uh, Jersey kids. I was just gonna, yeah. I was. That's kind of what I was gonna say. They were. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, that Larry Sharp broke. Yeah, he was Bundy Monster. Uh, Bundy was yeah. Monster Factory for sure. Yeah. And uh, and. Um, Oh fuck! Do you remember we did the Head Start commercial? It was like that computer. It was like a. It was like it was a computer. I'm familiar. I'm kind. I'm semi familiar with the Head Start. There was a. There was a wrestler Head Start commercial. Yeah. Because he was heavily involved with IBM. 
marketing yeah, like wise, yeah, marketing wise, something like that. Because there, there was a full page ad about how IBM is so, IBM is so user intuitive that even even King Kong Bundy can learn it in twenty three minutes. That's what it was. Yeah. That they that they did the whole thing that it was because yeah. they played up his look of like oh he looks like this Neanderthal guy but IBM's. And so yeah, all, he's in the ring on the computer. Yes. <laughs> and there's all, also um, he used to be called Boom Boom Bundy. And he had hair, and it was really crazy looking. It was really weird looking. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's sad. Oh, there's another story. I got another story. Uh, <laughs> so we're in, we're in like up in some crazy like on a Europe tour, but it was like it would have been a spot show even for like I don't even know what I mean by spot show. Like not necessarily the main. Yeah. How show run, but like a spot show, you might not go back there for another year or two. You just get make them happy, make them go mm-hmm. home happy. Nothing, you know, no shooting angles for the next time you return. That's what spot show is. So, I mean, we were over in, in Germany and it was like this. It was an obscure spot show, and and uh, um, it was Brett versus Bundy, and Bundy didn't want to tap out in the sharpshooter. He's like, oh, I haven't. I'm, he's told Brad. He says, I know I've never given up my whole career. I really don't want, don't want to start now. And he's like, he's our fucking champ. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that turn out? Yeah, they just got to it. Right. Brett figured something out, you know. But I also we put some uh, um, visine in his drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, anyways, and I remember telling that story, and I remember I think uh, I think Bundy he heard it, and then like he was kind of talking some shit, like yeah. oh, fuck those guys, you know, fuck one two three kid, what do you ever draw? Fuck Brett. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I, Brett, Brett, he was this guy that was like, you know, the big loudmouth in the bowling alley, mm-hmm. like that's him. Like it was great, like and like even if you're on the wrong end of it, it was just it was always like. It was funny to have him in the locker room, you know, because he was always spouting off about something, one-liners here and there, you know, and it's good shit. I'm trying to think of it. Has King Kong Bundy ever actually submitted in his whole career? Cause Maybe not. sharpshooter to Brett while Brett was champion would have been the time. Spot show or not. They could put on his tombstone. <laughs> never he submitted. Never, never gave never up. Tapped never out. tapped That's right. <laughs> well, rest in peace, rest King in Kong Rest in peace, Bundy. King Kong Bundy. Indeed. Yeah. All right, we want to get into some more news. We have an update on the reason why Arn Anderson was fired. He was fired from the company for letting Alicia Fox wrestle intoxicated. And the last that we heard was that she was actually offered uh, to go to rehab. But apparently some people in the company didn't really know for sure if she did go to rehab or if she didn't go to rehab. And because she was absent for a few days or so, she went back on social media and did post something about being resilient, I think it was. Mm. And she hasn't, uh, I believe, hasn't been wrestling since february 10th i believe so i don't know if you guys had any comments on that well who knows exactly you know i mean not making excuses at all because there aren't any but i mean arn comes from the generation before me okay and and even in my heyday, like I, more than once I got in the ring drunk or fucked up, 
at a WWE event, you know, like, and it was out of the, you know, some people did it every night, you know, and I mean, Andre was famous for it. And I'm, yes, I mean, drink before you go to the ring. So, I mean, try to understand, like, I mean, and I get it. I get it. Like, and I get the company's position and, and, and that. Um, but try to, try to understand, like, this is, It's just it's 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 the throwback to the mentality that we all had, you know. That's that was instilled in us. Like I mean, because like I said, even in my day after Arns, you know, that happened. I did it, you know, on a house show. I remember one time, bunch the whole fucking carload of us stopped off and bought a case of beer, like you know, in a big cooler, Arn style, you know, had the cooler in the back. It was exactly like the you know and. God, yeah, we got to, it was South Padre, Texas, as a matter of fact. And I wrestled Road Dog. And uh, got through the match just fine. Came to the back and just fucking threw up everywhere. <laughs> hmm. But, you know, it's not cool. It's not cool. It's just like, this is what, you know, it's like, oh, let's just get through this night. And, you know, she probably wasn't that that knackered. You know, when I say knackered, you know what I mean? I'm sure. fucked up. <laughs> Um, so I see how this all how, how that all happened but uh, uh, I just wonder if there was something else you know like you know you have all these people they're bringing in and you know the, the Shane Helms the Abyss, the Abyss the Sanjay, Sanjay and, Davari. you know things like that and and when you're trying to free up some space around there, like if someone gives you like you know ammunition, fuck. So. So do you think that maybe it was a little bit like, uh, too, I don't know if you want to say brash is the right word, but maybe they shouldn't have fired him, or do you think that maybe that's it not just what been I'm like saying warning, at all? Or? But I'm just saying that it wouldn't necessarily be head on the chopping block. Right. So now not that it, it's not a chopping event. Especially but, you now know. with WWE, how they you know want to be. They don't yeah. want to have some something like this happening yes. out or for people to find out yeah. that their talent is going out there and they're drunk or whatever. Yes. But now for on Alicia Fox's perspective, now we don't know for sure if she's gone to rehab or any of that. But now what And happens, it's really like none of our business. I mean, it right. sort of is, but like because it's out, the, the, the news is out there now. But I mean, as far as if, where she is at the moment or like... People in the company, sources, not knowing. Well, it's it's not your fucking place to know, mm-hmm. you know, unless she's your friend and, you know, um, you yeah. know, even then, like there's, I mean, that's, that's private, that's really private stuff. And yeah. if someone's never been through that and they're go and they're, and they're just, it's, it's early on in them dealing with their substance issues. Like all of this is really fucking scary. You know, it's scary. You don't know, like, you don't know what you're expecting. If you're going to go try to get help, you're not sure if you really need it. Like, you know, there's just, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. And we all want to know. We all want to know the scoop, right? Well, we can hope. And it's okay that we knew, but like, it's not, we're not entitled. Yeah. We can hope that she's getting help. But beyond that, that's that's where it ends for us. It's not our business to know if she is. I mean, WWE at this point, I think the story is so big that they're going to have to reveal 
whatever the conclusion is. But they, until there's a conclusion, they don't have to say yeah. anything. Mm. All right. Now I'm concerned. Like this is the problem. Like the, you know how like in the in the past it's always been okay. So and so's got the you know prescription pill or prescription drug problem. Someone more and more you're going to start seeing like the problems being more alcohol related now that like uh, like the culture is different there now but uh, but you know i mean alcohol is alcohol and it's right. like you know it's legal and it's so people not are still just legal indulge. but it's yeah. you know social it's yeah it's accepted and 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 you know and we don't fucking realize until it's until we're already like you know, it, just a couple of extra days of drinking can put you over that line to where, oh my god, I need a drink or I'm going to get sick. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's it's and it's it's very powerful. Well, that's what I was wondering too, because I mean, obviously, this is the first I ever heard of Alicia Fox, you know, going into the ring intoxicated. So, uh, like my from my perspective, I'm like, well, where, is, was it like a one time thing? Does she have a problem? Do we know that? Like, we don't know is what I'm saying, but I just think it's it's like. Where do you find that line where it's like, okay, you need help? Is it the second you go into work because you're drunk, or is that like the line that where you're like, okay, you need help now? Where where is that line? It's different. There's th- that line is is different for everyone. But that line, intervention wise, is harder to find if Arnt or other agents in Arnt's position are covering covering for the town. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's their stance currently, and why they're making such, why they're yes. doing what they're doing is, yeah. Arnt Arnt thinks that this is okay, whereas they're saying. We can help her sooner if we know, if we know the problem and can diagnose it and help. Yeah. And like try. It's just a different mentality, and uh, I, I, you know, um, if we're going to work there, we have to not think that way anymore. Mm-hmm. I really believe that, you know, uh, because it's it's really important that the that that the wrestling culture, you know. Is doesn't go backwards, it, or and, and continues to move forward in the right direction as far as like the health of of you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think this, I think you would agree, this current generation really has learned from previous generations as far as living a healthier lifestyle. And it know, sure seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so Alicia Fox, you know, we wish her the best. Hopefully. Uh, oh, she's a look, sweetheart, total sweetheart. She and 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 she's still there, and she's. Like, she's still been able to stay out there and visible and, you know, do some pretty cool stuff. Like, you know, like, she'll take whatever they give her and then she'll, like, that, you know, the stuff she's been doing lately, it's not, like, top of the card, like, storylines, but, you know, she's entertaining. She comes yeah. out there and she and she makes you notice her. and uh, And she was a... She was one that did not want to be a wrestler, that they weren't looking for her. They recruited her from outside of the industry, you know, and she's done, she's done great. <laughs> yeah, I've been there a long time, and she yeah. utilizes every second she has on camera. Yes. She's one of those people that utilizes that every yes. single second. And if she's having problems and she's going through shit, we need to be supportive of her. Absolutely. And not, you know, nothing but. Mm-hmm. So, all right. All right, well, moving on to more And also, notes. one more thing. Arn Anderson is going to be just fine. Just fine, because Arn Anderson has something that no, very few people have. And he's brilliant. And he's also amazing to have around. 
Uh, you know, when he's around, people are laughing. He's funny as shit. He's he's brilliant. Um, when Arn's at his best, like he's you, you, very few people I can even think of that you'd want around. Like, you know, I'm also seeing him not give a fuck either. <laughs> <laughs> at WCW, but then again, it was easy to end up not giving a fuck. But um, so yeah, I just wanted to say Arn is, you know, uh, through all this, like he's like everyone, even like all I I noticed a lot of people in the company are really devastated over, you know, they're really hurt by him leaving the company. Well, I was going to add, he was respected by a lot of people that were very respected in the company or are very respected in the company as well. Yeah. And so, and he'll, there's a lot of buyers on the market right now. And he has something worth buying. Indeed, he does. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, moving on to a more lighter note, AEW has announced that their following show will be Fight for the Fallen on July 13th at the Daily's Place Amphitheater in Jacksonville. Yes. All right. That's my birthday. Did I tell you guys that was my birthday? It's your it's... birthday on, on July 13th. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they're going to have some proceeds uh, going to victims of gun violence. Like you said, it's a beautiful thing. And um, So know. where what is this? The amphitheater? Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, so it holds a capacity of 5,550 people. Uh, so it's going to be obviously a smaller show than their Double or Nothing Las Vegas show, but still a pretty good size show. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Daily's Place Amphitheater. Okay, so it's an outdoor show. I'm assuming amphitheater, right? Yeah. yeah. So they, I mean, because the other building that okay it used to be the War Memorial Coliseum in Jacksonville, but that was an an indoor. Sh- uh, um, excuse me. Obviously, that was an indoor venue, and it still only held like seven. You know, that was like the, the southern southern arenas, like were like like a, a Madison Square Garden or or a. Um, at Philadelphia Spectrum or Boston Garden, you know those were those are twenty thousand seaters. Like that wasn't your, you know, you go down south and they're like ten thousand seat. Like mm. that's a big one. They, 10, they build 000. them for that. That it's you know, yeah. ten thousand people. Yeah, and that was and like the Bayfront Center that I my my home arena like mm-hmm. in Florida, St. Pete, Florida held seventy seven hundred, mm-hmm. and it was a that was a big ass arena in Florida <laughs> when I was a kid. Like we got all the main concerts there, and like so that was, anyways, yada 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 yada. Here I am. Either fucking. way, Jacksonville, July thirteenth. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's what? also good that they've already announced like the second show because everybody was wondering like, oh, when is it going to happen? You know, people had suspicions, and now that you know they're <laughs> starting to get the ball rolling, it's good that they have. That so tell me more about the um, the victims of gun violence. Basically, they're getting a percentage of the the gate portion. So whatever AEW makes at the gate, they're going to give a percentage of that to victims of gun violence. And this was uh, originally announced at their first press conference. Is it an actual? Is it an actual charity, or are they just going to divvy it up to who they? I don't. I assume it's going to go to an organization, but I don't think they announced the exact organization yet. But there were two people that were shot at a Madden tournament in Jacksonville last August. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember that. I think it yeah. might be related to that, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, huh? Any more AEW stuff you want? Like, I mean, it's great. They're ha- this event's incredible. I, I be honest. I thought after Double or Nothing, our next big venture would be the TV. Whenever TV begins, but uh, I guess they're going to have the July thirteenth. Maybe another one. The rumor is TV starting in October, but that's not official. Mm. So. Um, it's going to be okay. a big, big year for pro wrestling. That's for sure. If TV starts in October, we'll know. 
pretty soon, like by June. Mm, yeah, probably. Because like, especially if it's a network the size that everyone's rumoring, it would be included in upfronts. So we're probably not going to know until the upfronts for whatever network has it. Mm. Oh, you know what? Like This is just kind of off subject a little bit, except for the fact that it's the subject of wrestling. Uh, I just saw that Tim uh, Chip Wrestling from Hollywood's going to be on in Memphis coming up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's I don't know all the details, but we have two uh, wrestlers themselves. Yeah, Dustin and his. I think it's his girlfriend, maybe. Yeah, Maria Starr. They're yeah. going to be... Technically hosting it, so whereas unusual on Championship Wrestling, you'll see us kick things off. Instead, it's going to be them in studio kicking things off, and it's essentially going to be, uh, yeah, It's and, and we're hoping to bring it to other cities, but Memphis is going to be kicking things off, I believe, uh, the first weekend in April. Yeah, I saw that, and I just wanted to uh, to mention it because it's it's noteworthy. Very exciting. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, another noteworthy thing is Tori Wilson is joining the 2019 Hall of Fame class with DX and the Honky Tonk Man. All right. And I think Brutus Beefcake, right? He, was, no? he hasn't been officially announced by WWE yet, has he? It got leaked. I thought he was just rumored. Yeah, it got He's, leaked over the weekend. Oh. It was rumored over the weekend. We don't know for sure. I, oh. I jokingly said I thought it would be next year when they're in Tampa Bay. But that's... Maybe. Yeah. I don't think it would really... Like, Sure. Like he did, he belongs in there. When of course the year the year they put him is the year they put him. Of course he does. And you know, br- br- I'm hey. First of all, congrats to Tori. Yes. yes. You know Tori Wilson. She was you know um, incredibly popular, and also like incredibly incredibly popular with like. The, all the talent. Like I mean, everyone loves her. Like mm-hmm. behind the scenes, and she's a great lady. And, uh, you know, she's she does other things. I'm not sure what she's doing now, but, like, she does good things. She does, like, fitness. Body, she does, like, bo- like body positive mm-hmm. image I believe stuff. she has, like, a fitness. She's, like, a fitness regimen yeah. through. It's not through YouTube, but it's through, like, maybe her own app or something similar. Yeah. But she, she's got a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah. So I'm always happy, like, when somebody gets, you know, good for her. Good for her. And, you know. Dad, we talked about Honky Tonk Man already. Last yeah, week. last week. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> Although <laughs> I did see that video of him just ripping Hall of Fame to shreds. I was laughing so hard. I feel like whoever because it's totally Honky Tonk Man. Like, you can't really get mad. Like you look at that and just gotta laugh. I feel like whoever owned that video had a Google News alert set the second they filmed it. I'm just like. We're gonna shoot this video about Honky Tonk Man in the Hall of Fame. We're gonna get the traction when it happens, and then I'm gonna set a. Yeah. Set a yeah. Google alert for when he's in the Hall of Fame. We're going to get a second traction. And it's got to be fun for you every week when they announce a new person entering because you'll be standing next to these people, you know, at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So. Yeah. Loads of fun. Yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. No. So okay. Good. Has I'm Lula happy. been suited for her tux yet? No. All right. She's. She's gotten really heavy. <laughs> I saw that, but I thought it was just her fur. Well, partly, but God. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I mean, I've cut her food in half, and like, it's just like, oh. She's famous now. You know, the camera adds 15 pounds. It's the floor popcorn. I thought it was 10 pounds. It's like, uh, I don't want to get all off in the. (laughs) That Lula tangent. (laughs) Yes, because I could, like, no matter, like, what, I, I could go off onto a tangent about it. No matter what it is, you guys like always gotta like be ready for me to like veer off and yeah. Well, she's got one month to get TV ready, so yeah, yeah. we have faith in her. 
Look All right. forward to it. Moving on, Jim Cornette has joined MLW as a color commentator. Some things that I, I want to add about this is that the guys at Impact have had a lot of good things to say about him, saying that he always makes ideas a lot better. He's been following the product, and even if something is not his cup of tea, it doesn't matter. He knows how to put the product over and you know follows the modern style as well and yes. tries to learn from it. So personally, yes. good call for MLW. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. And... Uh, um, the sh- the show um, autom- uh, immediately much better to watch. Yeah, I mean because yeah, he's just. I mean, there's just really not many people out there. There's really I can't even say there's not many people because there aren't any people that know like that can do the things that Jim does and that he has experience doing. I don't want to say instant credibility, but he his. His voice and the way he sees the business and then yeah. would prism an angle through his mind would give such credibility to anything you you write and yeah. produce and have him talk about. Well, MLW yeah. already has a great commentary team with, you know, Shivani and Bacini and Stryker. They're all just incredible. But what I love about Cornette, and obviously he has his detractors and we get that, but if you listen to NWA 70 and you hadn't heard Cornette on the microphone in a while, I, you, we were all reminded, God Damn, is he good as a color commentator? Yeah. I mean, he's throwing stuff out there and catchphrases and and analogies. Where I'm just like, man, this is really creative, and it was fun to listen to. It's almost, uh, it's almost like you know how uh, Mauro Mauro Ronaldo, sure. like he has that ability to. It's like a photographic memory where he can just re- pull shit out of where, wherever oh. it's stored in his brain, like. Just like that, you know, I mean. Morrow and, and his hip-hop references. <laughs> or any reference of anything that he's ever seen, yeah. ever in his life. He can just pull it out of the back of his brain and, and, re- and you know, reference it in a, in a wrestling match or, or a MMA or a boxing match. And, uh, and like, not to, the, not to the extent that Morrow um does but Jim is kind of like that. Like he's just so full of knowledge, and you know, uh, and for somebody that wasn't a wrestler, and I, I mm-hmm. remind you, you know, he's had matches and that, but they were all gimmick matches. It wasn't like he, he knows, he knows things, and he knows how to explain things, and and that that you don't see, you know, from very many people that weren't actually the wrestler. And it's 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 impressive. Yeah, good for really MLW, impressive. man. Really Ooh. good. And and MLW, their show. Uh, there's so many good things about the show, but like the one thing, like I wasn't a fan of a few months back was the the look of the show from because I don't know it was the venue. Like I wasn't. Dark, yeah, that place they were doing people. it in Florida. Yeah. Now then they then they sh- did their TV from Philly. I think yeah, they shot some TV in Philly. Well, from the from the arena, from the ECW mm-hmm. arena, yeah. loved it. Looked great, and the stuff that I just saw from Chicago looked good on TV too. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think that uh, the TV show has has uh, they've upped their game quite a bit in the past several months. Mm-hmm. I've been keeping an eye on them. They have a fantastic roster, and by adding Cornette, obviously people have busy schedules. Shivani's busy, Stryker's busy, so that way in case someone can't make a taping, guess what? You have someone to fill out the commentary team. So, um, wow, it's an impressive squad they have, that's for sure. Yeah. 
All right. right. Well, we have to go to break before, but we do have more news coming up later on. Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. Be right back. Welcome back to Xbox One Two Three Sixty, and uh, a little doing rearrange, rearrange the. F- I was gonna say rearrange the furniture, but that's not quite musical the chairs. Re- we yeah, musical, musical chairs. chairs. Uh, um, Johnny's not here for this segment, and uh, Steve Kaufman is up here at the big kids table. I made it. All right, got the call up. So, where were we? We're going to go ahead and start continuing continue with some more wrestling news. And this one um, was surprised Twitter a little bit. There was a lot of people that were like, what? But here we go. Uh, Dana Warrior was added to WWE Creative as a consultant to offer a female perspective to the writing team. So, that's new. And then also, it's been reported um, that Betsy Calso is the new writer for the moment uh, for the division, women's division on SmackDown Live. Yeah. Apparently, she's been a part of it for eight months and has been doing a good job. So, now she's the main person for the women's division. Okay. And she has a, she has a background. She's not just in writing. She wrote she's an for, actor. She wrote for Disney is yeah. one of the things that I saw. I think she so. was on that 70s show. Is that true or no? Well, I, okay, so sure. I'm watching that 70s show right now. I she Basically, what I was talking about earlier was that Michael Kelso has a baby, and the baby's name is Betsy Kelso. That, yeah. was, that was it. That's it? <laughs> that's it. Okay. In so. name only. Uh, I, I think that's good. I, from what I've heard of those uh, creative, the writer's rooms in most of television, but especially in the wrestling world, have been very primarily men. So that, Absolutely. Wi- so that women, for women to be involved at all is a very, very good stretch. I'm sure Dana Dana Warrior strikes me as a very smart lady who would be who would be a, an asset to whatever whatever she does with the WWE. We don't know her input yet. Uh, I d- look, it's a consultant job. People get those kind of gigs, and it's just like sometimes it's just like uh, you don't even consult them. So it's like mm-hmm. people are. Maybe thinking that you know, um, you know, she's going to be adding her, you know, two cents into the, into the, you know, into the recipe or how you want to put it, but like, not necessarily. And and you know, like, I don't know. What's the problem with that? I think people were mostly shocked just because they're like, oh, I didn't realize Dana Warrior had a background in creative or she had a background in writing or a background in, in blah, 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 blah. You know, I think that's why people came from that. But once you actually, like right now that you just explained, like, okay, she's going to have a consultant role, it's more of, um, you know, maybe yay or nay certain things that revolve, revolve around females and that sort of thing. So, um I think with that people without knowing that, that's why people were quick to jump in that. Because I mean, if you would have said, "Hey, Dana Warrior is having a writing position with the with the writing team," you'd be like, "Wait, I didn't know she had you know this background or whatever." But she doesn't exactly. Mm. So that's I think what caused the whole you know. And no one was going, "Oh, we really need some more creative, uh, you know, input on, on this." We're we're really you know, let's get Dana. It's not like that, mm-hmm. and that's not a knock to anyone, you yeah. know. Um, it's just, hey, you know, she's she's a loyal, like, you know, she does a lot of good work and, and, and that. And, like, here, here's a little, uh, yeah. I, this is, it's not really, a, you know, this might be apples and oranges, not a, you know, might, or whatever. But you know how when someone gets, like, an honorary degree from, you know, doctorate degree from a college? They're not really a doctor. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you're not going to let them come. Uh, 
In spite of what Vince will have, in spite of what Vince McMahon will have, <laughs> have you call him depending you know on the day. Mean. So, but yeah, it's also it reminds me a lot of. I have to parse my words carefully. When the, Vicky Guerrero had a job in the WWE for a very long time post Eddie, and it wasn't that she didn't earn it or deserve it, but oh, she showed over over her yeah, over time. Yeah, over that time she, she totally deserved and was a great. But you're saying like Great the introduction of her. The intro- yeah. Her introduction to that company, the reason she was in those rooms was because she was with yeah. Eddie and that she was with Eddie and that Eddie Eddie passed very suddenly. So it was the idea of let's take care of her. And then she became an asset that they had that they started u- mm-hmm. utilizing more and more. And I see this with Dana as well. Like, let's try her in this room. Maybe this is something she'd be great at. Uh, let's make her. I don't even think maybe- so. Oh, okay. I don't think there's that much put into this. It was just a hey, like she's a part of the family. You know, mm. and we want to keep her part of the family. And I, like, okay, here's a here's a like uh, a title. Yeah, here's a thing. Yeah, you're here's part a, of the family. Like, just you're, you know. Here's the thing. You'll you're involved. Yeah, you're here. And yeah, then, but that, that no but more. That, like, no, no more has to be read into yeah. it. Like, good for her. Good for WWE. Like, like save your outrage. There's plenty of other things to be outraged about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I don't know. Like this. I was going to say, I don't know if people want to be outraged about this. You can. So right before we went on the air, uh, Enzo tweeted, he basically confused a King Kong Bundy for George the Animal Steel, putting the wrong photo. And then, Sean, you pointed this out. It took me a second no to catch it. No one else even picked up on the fucking the hashtag. hashtag. He wrote, rip That's King Kong Bundy. That's the best part of it. Yeah. R.I.P. King Kong Buddy. Not Bundy. Buddy. Uh, Holy shit. Well, he actually went back on afterwards on Twitter, That's and his... I saw him saying that he went on Google, and that he said something about, like, oh, I'm upset that when I go on Google, people are talking about me tweeting this, and you're just uh, using clickbait, when in reality, they should be talking about this man that passed away. But then I was like, but you confused the guy, so. Yeah. Which guy is that, by the way? <laughs> you know. <laughs> King Kong buddy, right? Yeah. Duh. I was like, you can't blame Google now. Also, Let me give this big, heartfelt fucking... You know, and, and and like talk about memories of me and my grandpa, and then it's the wrong guy. I just King that Kong guy. buddy. <laughs> also, it's pretty clear he's never worked an independent show in the New York area. Or he would know exactly who King Kong buddy was because he'd be there. Yeah, and uh, and they're from the same area. Come on, they're both Jersey guys. <sighs> Fuck. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I want to say I'm pretty sure that bless his heart. You know, <laughs> bless his heart. I'm pretty sure he was the one that didn't know who Harley Race was. That feels right. At, at, at FCW. I just. Or NXT, whatever. I think he was in FCW before it was in NXT. Yeah, he was. But I'm just saying, there, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, where and when, but like yeah, in Florida. But, yes. But it's kind of like your go-to, though. Like, let's say someone's talking about something and you're not really sure. Just don't say anything, you know? Or look it up afterwards, you know? Or maybe double-check your facts. (laughs) There's never been a person that was so unsure yet so sure of themselves (laughs) ever in the history of humanity, probably. Yeah, Denise, I was going to say, if if you're talking about if, if if you shouldn't say something... I'm making sure that we're talking about the same person. We're talking about Enzo, right? (laughs) You know what? Say what you want about Enzo, but at least we're here. We're laughing. Yes, he made us laugh, you know? Yeah, Yeah, bless his his heart. Come on, this isn't a, like, let's, let's, like, all, like, crucify, because there's real things to crucify Enzo over. This is just like, oh, come on. This is, this is funny. 
This, this funny it's this funny as fuck to me, actually. And he actually re-edited the tweet where he got the name wrong, and then that if you were to read it now, it actually seems fair, like a fairly heartfelt by the numbers like, fight, like, tribute fight, to King fight, Kong Bundy. Fightful wrestling like tweeted like something about this tweet wasn't it wasn't a very good tweet or like I'm like like hell, it's like one of the best ones he's ever done. Like this is a classic. Like and, you know, I mean, very few things really make me laugh. Like. <laughs> that much anymore, and so I, I appreciate hey, Enzo. Thank you. Yeah, actually, on a, on I, a day I mean, like today, we need yes, yeah. yes, we need to chuckle at Enzo and uh-huh. what he's up to. Yeah, so like it's not something like okay, let's all like crucify Enzo. It's just like let's, but we will have a laugh at your expense, Enzo. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Just glad I'm not in his shoes, honestly. Because <laughs> how do you go back from that? Like that's embarrassing. Yeah, but in. From his point of view, yeah. like his shoes are the greatest shoes of all time. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to be in them? <laughs> True. There you go. All right. Well, going back to Twitter over the was it during the weekend? There was a whole Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch were going back and forth Oof. on Twitter for this very long thread where they just kind of kept burying each other, yeah. one another, and um, it got pretty good. Where a lot of people really got into this, and a lot of people really, um, I would just say, bought into this, and were really starting to get hyped over Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. Maybe some people that it maybe haven't been following the storyline, or I don't know. Just a lot of people were talking about well, it. Well, you couldn't buy into. Because they're buying into it. Right. It's, it and, seems legitimate. Yeah. And that's, you know, these types of things have happened. Like now it's being done over, you know, social media. But I mean, like legit things like were being thrown around at each other, you know, long before this. Um, they're just doing it on social media. You know, it's out there, and and, and you, I mean, it's done on a little bit more like out there in everyone's face, you know. And I was talking to Sam Roberts. I was on Sam's show uh, this past week, and um, you know, this uh, the way there is in social media, and this like it's in the way the the okay the reactions from from the wrestling from the from the universe mm. uh it's they're buying into it like and and that and that's good uh they're but i don't think that we understand where being worked <laughs> it's a it's a new way of you know it, this is the new way of getting like heal heat and like it's okay i'm probably like okay mm-hmm. what am i doing here even explaining all this like no you but know? you it's it's worth noting that you truly think that they're both they're both working and that like- it's not even that because in in hist- in wrestling mm-hmm. history a lot of the really good storylines there was real okay. real feelings involved so that doesn't mean like you know like what i'm saying doesn't mean that there's not that that's not legit going on like mm-hmm. what, they're probably really pissed and going at each other but then you pull it back for the sake of we all have one thing in common we have to make happen you know so <clears throat> when we go out there in front of the people, we leave that shit in the back. So you don't go in the you know through the curtain and take liberties. Like, I mean, mind you, you can you can bring like some of them those feelings out there, and like you know, the chop might be a little harder <laughs> than normal, or because you're just bringing more intensity with it, you know. And I saw that out there with her in the ring with her like. 
She was punishing Becky. And yep. the beat down for Taking Raw. her time, you know. Like those shots to the ribs and the, and the body shots, those didn't look that great, but they hurt like shit. <laughs> so. Well, and why not utilize social media? I mean, it's obvious, yeah. you know, you go on there, you know, we go on there to see what our favorite celebrities are tweeting. And, you know, if I'm watching Raw every week and, you know, I'm a big Becky Lynch fan, like I want to see her tweet and be mad at Rhonda yeah. if I'm following the storyline so closely on television. Sure. Why not see it on social media? Like, I, you know, mm. you go on and instead she's like, oh, I had a happy day at Stars and Rainbows. And, you know, no. And so, you know, people... Got really uncomfortable when Rhonda tweeted back at her and was like talking about fake this or fake whatever. People got, I get it, but that's the social media part. Like, I don't have a huge, huge problem with that. It's when you're watching Raw and they bring it up on fucking Raw. Like, <laughs> you know, who thought was a good idea to have Colin Jost tell Ron Stroman? Her wrestling was all fake. Like, that's just... No. 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 I think, like, I almost... I just went, ugh, what the fuck? Like, they were trying to be, like, it was written as maybe, like, the cool guys are coming in and blah, blah, blah. I feel like maybe that was the mindset behind it. It was a swing and a miss. Yeah. I... I'll defend it. I thought it was our I because it, as it as the vignettes were presented, Michael Che was the person who actually did the research and knew what he was walking into, and Colin Jost had no idea. He wore a New York Mets hat in Philadelphia in, to booze, and there were backstage vignettes. And then he kept walking around and just belittling everyone in the locker room. There's no defending it, Steve. I got to tell you, like you don't say this shit's all fake in the middle of the fucking show. You don't do it. Ever. There's no fucking defending it. I'm sorry. Sorry. None. Everyone knows it's a work. You don't fucking say it in the middle of the show. God, that pissed me the fuck off when I saw that. And I'm not one of these guys. Mm. I'm not one of these guys that thinks everything's got to be like it used to be or whatever. But you don't fucking do that in the middle of the show. And, I mean, there's enough other shit about wrestling nowadays that makes you realize it's not on the up and up you don't have to fucking say it that pissed me off i'm and i'm not sorry like that i'm mad right now about that it's bullshit well it's like if you're watching a movie and you're really into it and then all of a sudden the person yeah. turns around and it's like hey this is just a movie by the way yeah exactly it it, it kind of get it takes the viewer out of it. So now imagine you know you're you're a fan and you've watched for years and you, yeah you understand certain things but they're not spoken about and you're watching it and you're you know you're for example again the Becky the Becky the Becky Ronda thing you're following this feud you're you're invested they did such a good job both of these women of getting you invested and then for have a little moment for someone to take you out of it it kind of you know ruins just, a lot of what they've done. It was just like really. Really, we could. There's a million other ways that you guys could have gotten that done, and nothing even got done. Like they come back, and he's still holding him up in the air, and he lets him down. He doesn't even sell it after he fucking lets him out. Like lets him down off of holding him up by the throat. Oh come on! Like he should have been fucking passed out. Uh, I'm on a rant here. So. No, that's, yeah, that's well, they are going to be back for WrestleMania, <laughs> Sorry, so guys. I don't know what's going to happen then. I mean, maybe there'll be uh, more. No, no, it's fine. It'll be fine. Like it was just, there were so many things. Uh, 
Hmm. Anyways, I don't know. I don't want to get all. Uh, no. Well, what? Well, do you want to go back and talk about Rhonda and Becky and Rhonda turning heel and the be- yeah, her taking getting the belt back? back as we remember from last week. I understand Rob. what you're talking yes, about, I, Steve. It's character point of view sketch yes. comedy. Those two guys you're come from the sketch from comedy world. I, sorry, I came from. I didn't look at yeah. it from the wrestling side. I looked at it from the sketch comedy side, which WWE is not very well known for. So for them to actually have sketch comics come in and write right. write a sketch with characters and point of view and stakes and I do agree that the word fake is a bit of a trigger in that in that universe that they probably sh- like they didn't need to say it to get to Fan, get the same wrestling point across. Fans, wrestling fans that are watching already have to hear from people that don't like wrestling that know them. Oh, you like that shit? It's fake. You don't need to be fucking telling people that. I do think right on the show while they're watching it. I do think we're doing enough business with Colin Jost and Michael Che moving toward WrestleMania that eventually. Oh eventually no, the, it's not the, the story, end of the, the world, the, but the it was story, just totally unnecessary. And the story and is that they're going to they're going to turn Colin Jost to wherever Michael Che is. That that's the character mm-hmm. point of view that they're pitching is that from what, start is to that finish. Where they're going with that? That's what it looks like they're going with. He's I going to respect and love what he's seeing now that he ultimately didn't understand or research. I don't think we need another fucking layer to like. Uh, I, I mean. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would, I There's would a lot of shit they... going on on the show. Like, I don't know if I, c- I, I can follow that. Yeah, with how long WrestleMania is looking to be this year, adding a side story yeah. to the uh, the special correspondence, they don't they don't need it. Then it's You're... just going to be overstuffed. You're right. Well, they, they didn't need to be introduced on Raw at all. They, they're, right. they're, their own pe- they're their own people. Right. They could just show up on Raw. Because, like, I'm expecting, because when I see them on, like, Weekend Update and all that shit, like, I'm... They kill it. Mm-hmm. They fucking kill it. They're great. Like, and then I like, okay, they're gonna be on Raw. It's like, dude, it was. Mm-hmm. I just expected this, like, because yeah. you expect there are expectations that come with. Okay, we're gonna have the weekend update guys from Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. on Raw. I'm expecting to laugh. I was expecting I a weekend update style segment in the WWE universe, I, I, which they have the, they have the writing talent to do. And I can imagine that there was also some sort of an expectation from when Jon Stewart came back and did some stuff where they were trying to possibly replicate some of that by using that a little bit of that late night comedy magic. But it it fell kind of flat. It did. That's too bad. Hmm. Yeah. I was a little <laughs> bummed out by like a lot of the things on the show felt mm. like maybe they were last minute like. Done. Hey, how how was how did um and how did uh, Alistair Black and uh, and Ricochet do with the revivals? Yeah, last night they looked good. What was the? I, I missed it. Oh, um, G- Rude and Gable interfered. Oh, okay, yeah. And beat down on the revival specifically, so the revival would win by disqualification. Oh, and then oh. so that you know, so they were like, okay, here you guys go. Um, here, just shut up, take these tag belts, and then they're just gonna. <laughs> Denise, you sounded like you were about to say something. What, oh what no, no, that I was actually no, that was it. I was just gonna say the revival and that they did fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually was gonna be my big two cents on that. But no, I mean, I, I know that they're obviously working towards this with, the, with you know they've been doing it every single week. So you know, I'm sort of looking forward to sort of seeing everybody have a spot on the show. To tell yeah. you the truth, that's pretty much mm-hmm. my on that. Was, I, did you know? Like, the, do you think? I didn't think the crowd was like. That's Philly's a tough crowd. Man, yeah. they always are. They really always are. And I think last night's Raw felt kind, kind of sort of booked for a Philadelphia crowd. 
I except for when we're talking about tag team wrestling, heavy machinery, <laughs> heavy machinery, pretty much running a gauntlet on the remaining tag teams that weren't being used that mm-hmm. night seems very interesting to me. Yeah, to- just even like the way they beat B team. Yeah, like that was just like the first cover of the match was the one two three on the B team. And then the Ascension, they struggled a little with the Ascension. And then I forget the third team, but then the third team, we obviously got the Worm. And I know where they're going with Otis and the Worm, because when they showed the replay of the Worm, they cut away before he actually did the elbow drop. Like, it's not about the move or the pin with that Worm. It's just about that big man doing a Worm on Raw. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm concerned about heavy machinery. (laughs) I don't really have any, like, I mean, what were you concerned I'm, well, I'm ultimately concerned. I'm concerned. I've been concerned for main roster tag team wrestling for a very long time that they don't they don't seem to value it enough to do enough with it. To and what team, it looks like to me is they still don't, but they just want to shut everyone up. <laughs> what are you talking about? We had two different segments. All yeah. the tag teams were out here. I don't yeah, know. it just wasn't a lot of thought put into it. It was yeah. yeah. All right. Well, one of the things that we still haven't talked about that we were going to talk about was Ronda Rousey turning heel. Yes. Okay, so last week on Raw, she technically just left the bout there because she was pissed that Stephanie wouldn't do her match against Becky Lynch. Come back this week, and she it's Stephanie announces that Charlotte and Becky are going to have a match on Fastlane for the bout because Ronda left it in the ring. But then Ronda comes, back, comes out and says, basically, give me my bout back. Like, you know, I want it back. I changed my mind. <laughs> uh, let there me get that go. back. So that was kind of a a little bit of a disconnection. But then afterwards, Stephanie said, okay, fine. Well, we're still going to do Charlotte versus Becky at Fastlane. But this time, Becky, if she loses, she's not in her WrestleMania match. And if she wins, she's in her WrestleMania match. Does that make you happy, Ronda? Then Ronda goes crazy and beats up Becky Lynch like and all that of that part. stuff. So Yeah, I like that part. Yeah, the, yeah. the Ronda beatdown. Yeah. Not so much the Ronda words. They weren't. I didn't think she, it, compared to what we had. I think was it last week when she had her yeah. confrontation with Stephanie. I Much thought better. she was stumbling mm-hmm. yeah. and going over her lines. Yeah. This time she wasn't. Like I thought she came. She came through pretty clear. I think. I guess she had less to, but she had less coherent things to say. She did. She, was, she did. Last week I laid this title down, which in wrestling parlance means I vacated it. But now I want it back. So I. I don't know. Starting from last week, they, it felt like a really awkward corner to be booked in, especially a week before pay per view. And, and like they make, and so instead of trying to, instead of trying to figure out a better way of doing it, they just make her look dumb. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and well, but I know Stephanie, I said this last week, but and make no, Stephanie you wrote look, that for them last or for her anyway. And makes Stephanie it makes Stephanie look dumb and like a weak authority figure as well. Then mm. she's just going to give the belt back because Ronda wants to have the belt back. That I I think it would have been a stronger position knowing what you had where you were that she said no I made this match for the women's championship but you never lost the women's championship so you're number one contender and then you get to hold up the women's championship at Fastlane and that's that feels like a cleaner way to get to a three way match than what they're doing or like or save the decision at least like not not commit to it yeah to either way like. The title's held up. These two yeah, are fighting. Like it, it you still, never lost it. You all have a claim to it. Like the like after Fastlane, like it could they could still either go for, you know one on one or yeah three way or you know. So. I mean, they're they're gonna get there. That all three competitors will have a claim to the championship. I I feel like Beck if Becky wins the Royal Rumble, I don't know why she should have to win again, mm-hmm. and that'll be the logical argument from Nadal Mania. 
that everyone's going to make. I think so. As far as her Ronda turning heel, like, I think maybe she's just catching up with the fan base. <laughs> you think it just feels like a little bit more natural, though, because, you know, since everybody's obviously been favoring Becky, it's just more like, yeah, a natural. Yeah, and it's real. I'm oh, sorry. And it's natural real. Movement. And it's real. And she should be hurt. Ronda should be hurt. Ronda believes in everything she's saying. And she should feel hurt. Like, that this is her hometown. This is L.A. Like, and they booed the shit out of her. Mm. You know, her own hometown. That hurts. Yeah. And we don't forget those things. And we could carry those into the, you know, like, yeah, fucking, so she's jilted. Yeah. You know? She's a human being. Yeah. And I like, I, I yeah. I mean, I'm. I know it would have been just fine if they didn't, like, you know, officially turn her heel, but that was fine. That was good. Yeah. It was good. I, mean, I think I like it's because we also didn't expect her for her to continue the beatdown on Becky, like, even afterwards. And I think that added it to it because it's like, yeah. nah, I don't care that the show's over. I'm still going to keep beating her up <laughs> because I'm legit pissed. And yeah. that, that, makes and I'm just kind of, and just toying with her. Like, yeah. Yeah. And just, those fucking shots to the body. <laughs> There's oh Becky's feeling those. Yeah, they weren't like like I was saying. Did I already say that they look? Yeah, you mentioned that they were. Yeah, yeah. The, those things. You know, they're not like they don't stand out like a, a, a spin kick or whatever to mm. the head. But it's kick me in the head all day long like, <laughs> before you hit me with those rib shots. Anyway. Eh. Right. We, I'm just babbling here, well, yeah. folks. I'm just rambling on right now. And Go then on. just for next week's Raw, we do have they announced that there's going to be a Triple H uh, face-to-face with Batista segment on oh, Raw yeah. next week. So that should be good. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, fine. I'm looking forward to see uh, to see them go face-to-face, obviously, especially after the whole Ric Flair beatdown uh, last week on Raw. So that's going to be that's going to be pretty hot. I can't wait to see what they're going to yeah. do with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. What do you think? That's it, right? Are we That's done? It. We've we, covered. We it. covered the main things on Raw. That was that was the main gist of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where the where they go with the Batista Hunter storyline. Yeah. I'm. How many more weeks? Because watch. You watch. Four? Okay. Watch them. Like okay, they're because the last time what happened? Watch them like cheer. Dave this time. <laughs> that, would, that would be just like that would that would be just like wrestling. That would have I, I feel like it's almost intentional that they were in Philadelphia and they didn't they didn't bring Dave out there. Yeah. They didn't want to give Philadelphia a chance to hijack their story. That ne- next week I th- but I think Triple H did a very good job of getting everything over. Yes. Getting everything over with this and I think it's going to be WrestleMania as a sizzle and a steak, then the sizzle, this will be a very sizzle match that'll bring people into WrestleMania because they know who Batista is, they know who Triple H is. Yeah. And there's real, and they have real stuff to work off of there. Yeah. Plenty. All right. Well, so, uh, (laughs) hey, Marcus. Yes, sir. What do you have going on? Uh, Right now, I'm working on a a couple of projects. There's a a Twitch series I'm working on called Artificial that's coming back this week. Uh, I want everybody to check it out, twitch.tv slash artificial next. And then uh, I've got my wrestling podcast with Bill Hanstock and uh, Brandon Taylor, known as Robert Baines right now uh, at the United Wrestling Network. Um, We we are the wrestling professionals on Twitter at the WrestlePros, and you can follow me at Mark Medonica. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Marcus. What about you? 
Before I talk about, about myself, you, <laughs> anyway, before I talk about myself, I gotta give a word out for Johnny. So Johnny said that Rakishi and him are gonna be on tour, starting the first two shows start in less than two weeks, and you can find out more information about that at Jay Quasto on his Twitter account. So make sure to check that out and support Johnny. And then also for our show at Xpoc One Two Three Sixty Show on Twitter, make sure to follow that. We do have a recurring contest right now. We have the Luchaverse has essentially invaded Xpoc One Two Three Sixty and. And every single week we are doing a giveaway right now. We are on week two, which you guys can still enter. So make sure to enter. You guys can find that on our Twitter account. And we have two more weeks to go, two more sets of prizes to come. And then for myself, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo and YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I'm Steve Coppin. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Coppin. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I'm involved in many of your favorite YouTube pages, including this one, YouTube.com slash XPOC. And if I tweet the link, chances are I'm involved, so support them, support me. Yeah. Support Steve, support Denise, support Johnny, support Rikishi. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else? Support Mark. wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, support some indie wrestling. And, uh, yeah, and support WWE, too. Because, anyways... Hey, uh, thank you everyone for continuing to tune in every week here. Uh, it means a lot to me. And it's a good, it's, you know, uh, no matter what's going on in, in the week, like no matter how my week is going, like I, uh, this helps, you know, if yeah. I'm having a shitty week, like I always know like this is a bright spot in my week. And so I'm grateful for this and for all of you and for you and, and you, Denise and Steve <laughs> and Marcus. <laughs> And everyone here at After Buzz TV, uh, and I guess, all right. You can find. Did you already tell? Did you already she give already them all my? F- no, you you oh, haven't okay. done yours yet, and Lulus. Right. So you yeah. want to do yours? At the Real X Puck on Twitter, at Real X Puck on Instagram. Lou's Instagram it's- is it's Baby Lula, and uh, yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna go now, and we'll be we'll be back next week, right here from. The beautiful After Buzz TV studios in North Hollywood, California. Goodbye, everybody. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox One Two Three Sixty staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at the Real Xbox and email us at Xbox One Two Three Sixty Show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.